for my mum's birthday one time she had this mad notion that she wanted to go see Avatar and like that I was like well if, we're, if it's for your birthday we'll do the whole thing we'll get the reclining seats and we'll get the bottomless popcorn and glass of wine and we were up on the balcony in Dundrum this is lovely and it came on and you know the coming soon so I was like now put on your glasses 3D and we are like oh and we were watching and it, it starts off with this big like the camera plunges down a waterfall and up along the floating yeah. islands of Pandora and all this kind of stuff and mum kind of leaned over and tapped me on the arm and goes, this is great. I'm just going to go vomit. And then I'll be right, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Such a, a put-upon Irish mother. Where she was like, this doesn't reflect on you. I'm having a lovely time. But I will have to vomit now. That's fantastic. Like, left and came back in with more popcorn for me. And I was like, thanks, mum. <laughs> It's, uh, she, she sat through the rest of the movie. I think it was the combination of wine and 3D and everything. The, 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 you, you, you said that the put upon Irish mother. Though, uh, did you see who turns out it was is an Irish uncle uh, this weekend? Go on. It's, it's the photos of uh, Matt LeBlanc from the, yes. the Friends reunion, Please. and everyone's just like, he, yeah, yeah, like he's sitting. It's like it's the it's the what you call it. You remember? Uh, Blind Boy Boko was talking about it like yep. that whole like sitting with the hands crossed in like the striped shirt with that haircut exactly. and the hands just tucked into the armpits exactly if you're not Irish it comes across as massively defensive if you're Irish you just know that's about comfort that's yeah. just a comfortable way of sitting and it's it's, it's like, like the big uncle head on him like <laughs> and, and it's just and then, like all, all, all the people I know like, posted like Dermot who've been on the shows posting up stuff and like all the rest and everyone's put it up at like the different things like, <laughs> she work in digital media like is that like the RTE player is there a lot of money in that is there like, <laughs> just, and then just, and then and then point by was saying like it turns out that Matt LeBlanc is apparently going is this is apparently from Fermanagh and I'm like it's osmosis he's like literally absorbing this <laughs> like he's, there's ones of him just sits down there like it's it's the thing of the Irish cops with their fingers in the stab vest and everything. There's just a way of being that it's just like it's comfortable. Like I sit like that when I'm like I'm sitting in, yeah. in work and I'm like thinking of something and I'll lean back in the chair like the the half the hands in the chair. Armpits, so you're, hands so in you the armpits, get frostbite and the, on the cut on the fucking burn. It's either that or I'm messing up my beard, but I tend to just be like because uh, with yeah. the face mask, if you're in the office, you're just like hands there. Don't be messing with your mask. It's a great picture of it. It's like I warned you, didn't I? Didn't I warn you? I warned you, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Such an uncle thing to be at. Uh, my my memes this week is uh, because we're coming into Pride. There's a lot of thing of like no kink at Pride that it's about gay, lesbian, that kind of stuff, but it's not about leathers or collars or harnesses. And loads of people are like, no, oh, I've got a kink in my neck. Am I going to be allowed to the parade? Uh, there's no kink at Pride because like of course like. Whatever, if you don't, if you've got like a don't show bear arses in your streets policy, that's fine. That's all year round. But come on, it's the idea that you get to a certain point. You go, now it's been sanitized enough, and we'll, we can all get behind this. But if anyone wears a harness, we're not sure. Like, uh, there, <laughs> there, like the, 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 I saw someone bitching about it. it. It's like you fucking your kids these days are growing up watching porn on their mobile phones about like fucking yeah. fake incest and everything else. I think they can handle a guy. Walking around in a leather tank top, like it's yeah. fine. It's, with, the, with the pup hood on. But it, my favorite meme on it so far is just youth pastors leads forward and goes, uh, It's been a lot of talk, whips and chains, but do you know who else was whipped and scorned for our sins? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> he wasn't afraid to do it in the public square. He wasn't afraid to carry that cross. It's still one of my favorite uh, 
the, the one of my favorite images around that type of thing was a guy holding up uh, was, uh, I think it was a pride and he was like counter protesting one of these like stupid religious groups in America and he's holding up yeah. the sign saying Jesus hung out with 12 guys and a prostitute he's more uncomfortable with me than you and so I, was like, <laughs> I, like, I like that I like that yeah and then yeah I was very uh, just as it like because that that line popped in my head when you said that there I was taking note of just some great lines I've heard out of context it's some of the fa- like I'm like you know when you ever just hear something and you're like, it's so devastatingly funny. You're just like, I yeah. wish that was me. I wish. Like for all the jokes I've cracked and I'm <laughs> I'm not terrible at a nice turn of phrase, but I'm yeah. like, oh, I can never do something. Podcast, doesn't matter which one. There's a group of lads out there. There's a Rooster Street podcast from a while back and there's a group of lads talking. And one of the guys who used to work with them showed up and he, like, he was invited on. He had me on in four years and they're chatting and all the rest and then catching up. One point, one of the guys turns around and goes, "What's well, probably the worst place you've come?" And without missing the beat, the other guy's like, "I don't know, an X." And I was just like, "I, I can't. I, that's, I'll, that, I'll never have, I'll never even be able to think of a response yeah, yeah. approaching that." And it's just doesn't miss a beat. I was like, "I'm really upset about that now." Like that's just. <sighs> what's the what's the first thing you notice from the Oh yeah, when when someone approaches you, the audacity, the audacity, yeah, and the the, the one in Jack Reacher. I know, like you have more time when you're like you're writing a script, but it's like you need to show me something. How about the inside of an ambulance? I'm like, it's just great. It's just I don't know. know. We're rewatching Thirty Rock, and there's just a random Jack Donahue sites. Everyone remembers they never go to a second location with a hippie one. But there's one where uh, she's she's stealing his dinner as well. She's trying to get out of his apartment with two plates. And he's, he doesn't even look around. She, he can hear her fumbling with the door. She goes, like a waitress, Lemon. And she just puts it on her arm <laughs> and frees up her hands so she can get out the door. And he just goes back to his drink. The, it's, yeah, the, like, I, I just been, I've been working on like a, a, a writing thing. This I've been working on a bit like a year or two. I had an idea and I wrote a bit and I just got like, I was like, no, my brain's gone blank on that. And I was like, I'll leave it, whatever. Just yep. a personal thing, but I was just trying to like get inspired, and I was like, another great one is like a, a war book I was reading. Um, Dan Abner, guy who wrote, who actually did the, I mentioned him before, he's the guy who did the current iteration of Guardians of the Galaxy comics. And, and there's a point we were talking about surrounding a town. They're like, you know, okay, so this detachment will come in from the north. We'll approach up the hill from the south. Meanwhile, there'll be a small squad coming from the east. One of the guys goes, "What about what about uh, hostages?" Your man replies, "I didn't bring any. What about you?" And it's just like, <laughs> okay, fine. But it, it, it just little stuff like that. I'm like, man, it doesn't matter how good or how. It's like an art form. I just being yeah. able to write a, a line, a single line that when someone reads I, it, they're just like, "A oh, fucking hell!" Like, and it's just I, out of nowhere, no setup. I remember the smartest thing I ever said. Uh, and I, I'll never recapture it. And it literally was because I'd been reading Wikipedia that day. Okay. And somebody was somebody was holding court in a, in a beer garden somewhere. We were over in LA. And someone was chatting away about stuff. And he's like, man, it's about putting the right team together. He's like, there's that thing where you promote someone above their, their station, promote someone above their, their... And he couldn't think of it. And I was like, the Dunning-Kruger effect. But I don't know anything about that. And he goes, well, I'll tell you all about it. And then he started pissing himself laughing because he realized what he'd just done. That I'd managed to slip in a little barb and then slip out again. It's like, <laughs> I just need this here. Like, I just need yeah. this here. It's the, the person I think who most exemplifies it on like uh, for unscripted stuff is Lee Mack. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I just a few months back, maybe be over a year actually at this point, I watched through a lot of the Would I Like to You stuff. 
and the speed it's it's it's, it's frightening I almost wonder, like, well, I'd love to be able to, like, sit down and extensively test someone like that and be like, yep. what is off? What is the weird thing in your brain chemistry that allows you to do that, <laughs> like, three times faster than anyone else? Yeah, and absolutely. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Just doing anything in that, like, it's, I think it's because I'm just starting to get back into that bit of writing. I'm like, my brain is focused on language right now. And that's just kind yeah. of, oh, okay. Because Sinead is doing a course to be a barrister and because she's doing debates and stuff online, she's mad into getting like that thing snappy quick, like talk with confidence and no one will stop you, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the, we were down in her house uh, and uh, she just turned to her mom and goes, Johnny actually was saying that he's going to, he has a present that he wants to give you guys. And she just started into this thing. And I was looking at her going, this is pure improv. There's nothing here. And I, I she turned to me and goes, Johnny, maybe you should pick it up. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. Of course. And I was like, brought them to the window and was showing them the back garden. I was like, now are you married to that shed? Because this is going to take some room. We're going to, and the parents were absolutely aghast. I was like, what is Johnny going to give us? <laughs> it's going to take up the whole back garden. <laughs> and it eventually transpired. I was getting into pottery and I was making my own Stonehenge because I'm a potter, which is an, a potter and an auteur combined. God. And eventually the mum was like, oh, I see. You're fucking with us. This has been <laughs> 10 minutes of you both just doing a complete fucker. And then the mother was like, of course, yes, of course. She started getting in on it as well. But there was 10 minutes of me sweating, be like, what happens now? What, <laughs> I like, what are you I, in the middle of? I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, like from the from the moment you started going out with Sinead, like when I first <laughs> met her, I was like, she's just like this. She's perfectly capable of handling you and your all your insanity. <laughs> and like, how is her, how did her mother take that long to pick up? That her daughter was doing that. It's not like she cut it off you. Like this is something she's like, I, you know. Oh yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> the amount of bits they do in that house. Like the, honestly, the first three times I went down, I just had to watch them until I like could see the consistent bits that were going on. Right, and then right. that thing of trying to step onto an escalator is like, pick my moment. Here we go. All right, I'm on. I'm joined. Let's do this. One of the greatest family interactions I've ever seen is uh, made of mine. Um, I won't say his name, just for whatever reason he might not want it out there. But Kev, who's been on, uh, who's been on the show multiple times, uh, knows yep. his brother really well because they, they right. grew up in the same area and used to hang out with his brother all the time. And I used to, to hang out with him. And um, it was this one thing I never noticed the first time I was there, but then the second time it happened again, that dawned on me. Whenever anyone is leaving the house, nobody says "see you later." Everyone says "bring me back something nice." Yep. The mother, the father. The two sons, the daughter. Everyone says it to everyone else. And when they come back, it's not how you, it's what you get me. It, yeah. It's just, it, it is, and apparently it's been going for years. And it's just this thing that they always did. Um, the, and another, actually, another tie to it because of like how small Dublin is. <laughs> A guy we used to work with, DK. His sister in law is going out with this guy. Like, it's really? like Dublin is like <laughs> four. Dublin is we... 17 people in one room. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, it was just uh, bringing back something nice. And I just, uh, it also had one of the funniest exchanges I've ever seen of like, there's that moment where parents accept that their kids have grown up, or most parents, not all parents, but most parents will accept at some point, yes, you're old enough to drink, you're old enough to smoke, you're old enough to whatever. And one of the nights he was, uh, um, he said he, he we were there we were playing cards, playing magic, and 
some of them have said, and he started pissing and moaning, but like in a fu- in a funny way. Yeah, yeah. And his mom starts doing it back to him. She's a grateful little shit now. Like we let you live here rent free. You know, yep. if, if we should have had you down the coal mines, age twelve or something like this. It's like, <laughs> and you can sit up in your room. And uh, he works in animation, so you can sit up in your room playing with your pictures all day and smoking your weed down the back of the garden. We let you do it down there. And he's like, I'm allowed. I've been hiding that for three years. It's like, no, you haven't. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like like, watching that moment being simultaneous with someone's like being in their existence, being rocked to its core. He thought he was putting one past his parents for three years. They were like, we're not stupid. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, sure. everyone I know growing up had the little ventilation holes in the crotch of their khakis because they'd be dropping hot rocks. And like, oh yeah, it's to let it breathe. Of course it's supposed to be there. Sweatpants, my, you know how that goes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, the, it's the new style. <laughs> A random assortment of tiny holes. <laughs> Each one's unique, they're collector. Um... My, uh, my, my thing with my nephews at the moment is just getting the name of video games wrong. Like, they, they know that I'm, I know video games, but just in front of them... And I keep correcting them. <laughs> There's the, the whole bit about which Pokemon they're into. And I was like, I keep telling you, it's Pac-Man. It's Pac-Man. <laughs> and they, they just... <laughs> you playing that online game, was it? 14 days. Is that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks notice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the... Though at this point, you control people who only know Fortnite for the, the mobile... Uh, for the... Yeah, what you call it? The survival shooter where he Dances. can just be like the battle royale number. You're like, so you're playing, oh, yeah, 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 saves the world. Yeah, the base builder game. The ter- yeah, 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 against the zombies. And they're like, what? And it's because like, it was a completely <laughs> different game. It was yep. a completely different game, and that was an extra mode tacked on, and then it took over the world. So, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of games like that that were just the extra mode, but I, I, I loved when things like battle royales just start getting dropped off as subtitles, and they're like, Fortnite. And you're like, yeah, 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 that's, yeah, perfect. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I always think that's interesting as well because Americans don't use the term Fortnite. Like prior to this game oh, coming yeah. along, it's not in their lexicon. They don't use it. That's very true. It's huh, that must be real weird. Exactly. They're like because they, there was a there's a game that was called Monday Night Gaming or Monday Night Shooter or something like that, and it it was such a weird name for me. I was like, imagine trying to carve out that specific of a niche. And it's Monday Night Football over in the States. That's the opposite. I just yeah. had never heard Monday Night Football. Yeah. So Mo- Monday Night Gaming, I was like, why would you pr- why would you try to yeah, just but they, make but it down to one day I, a week? I just think, find it fascinating. Like I get, I, and I actually appreciate, uh, like, I can't use them because I was trained a different way when I'm writing. I just, it's the brain in my head don't let me do it. But I do appreciate a lot of their removal of just excess fucking yeah. silent letters. Night as N-I-T makes perfect sense. Nigget. I mean, I'm not pronouncing all those yeah. letters. Like, night. Cool. <laughs> Thruga. No, through. T-H-R-U. Sure. It, I mean, like, it, it, it's just, it, it's it's simple. And writing those extra letters is not proving anything to anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, for sake of note-taking, fucking back in the days of having a certain amount of characters in your text. Like, I, yeah. all these reasons. Fantastic. But just not having the word Fortnite is weird to me. Yeah. It's just, I don't know what you're talking about. So there, <laughs> there must be people who get Hot Press magazine delivered to the States, and there's other people in the house just staring at it going, it's a real bland name. What's, is that a reference to something? <laughs> it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, uh, anyway. 
Anyway, do we want a bit the 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 variety of language for? We can. Speaking of which, uh, bonjour, je suis Johnny. Voilà, Glennon. Uh, vous avez couché avec moi. Uh, bonvenue, Dystropia. I told you, I'm not sleeping with you until you buy me a drink. <laughs> the, the pint of Morgans. The pint of uh, Morgans. Welcome to Dystropia. <laughs> the pint of Morgans, the bottle of poppers. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have watched, I've rewatched Broadchurch and watched Enemy since we last spoke. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to spoil either for anyone. I recommend both. Uh, Broadchurch is the detective police dr- procedural TV show. Enemy is the Jake Gyllenhaal uh, film. Just say it's a Jake Gyllenhaal yeah, it's film. Jake Gyllenhaal film directed by Denny Villeneuve, and that's all you got to say. Yeah, I think it's Denny Villeneuve. It's, it's very good. I'll I'll speak about the color use in both very briefly. Where Enemy as a film is the color grading is so yeah, desaturated and tinted yellow that it might as well be black and white. They could have easily made a black and white movie. Yes. And that works completely fine because it's not about the environment. It's about it's a, it's about it's a movie about the subconscious. Yes. So it's not about the environment that what you see in front of you. It's about what's going on with this character. Jake Gyllenhaal is fucking amazing in it. If it was anyone else, any other actor, they would have to really delineate what's going on at any time, <laughs> and like they wouldn't have to put a big fucking mustache on him sometimes and take it off other times. <laughs> I think, but like. They would have changed his haircut from scene to scene. They would have done something with him from scene to scene. And they would have used color from scene to scene because they always do that with characters. Yeah. Like if you look at Smallville, the characters, all uh, the Clark Kent as a youngster is always wearing red, white and blue because he's the all-American kid and it shows where he's heading later. They use color on characters to say stuff. There's no color in that movie at all. Nothing. There, there's a motorbike that's really blue, and I was wondering if it meant something. I think it was just a really nice motorbike that they wanted to use, and they didn't give a fuck about the color. You gotta have something sparkle um, occasionally, like. Yeah, they, but it's uh, <laughs> uh, that's that's one way of doing it. Works really well. Uh, the economy in that movie of what you see on screen is done really well because they want to spend lots of time on certain things. Yes, and there's a bit where they just need to hint that. Something's uh, off, or something's weird. No, they, oh, they right. just need to hint that, J- that Jake Gyllenhaal is going to go out and start snooping around. And the way they do it is a five-second scene of him in a, a drugstore picking up different pairs of sunglasses and trying them on. Yeah. And then the next scene is him in a car with sunglasses on. Now I know he's out on the street spying. That's it. They didn't have to show me anything else. He He's inexperienced because he had to find the sunglasses. And now he's on the street with the sunglasses. And now they can go back to the mental stuff that they want to actually show. That little bit of economy, that show don't tell, that must have been one line in the script and it was beautiful. Well done, it's, those guys. It's, it, I think it's a lot of it as well is down to... Uh, Denny Villeneuve has, like... The reason why I just I wasn't sure if he was him because I was like, no, hang on, was that not the, uh, the other... Um, I was thinking of Prisoners. I was like, wait, no, is that not Prisoners? Because uh, Prisoners has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. Um, right. was made in 2013 but it turns out he did both of them they did both of them in the oh, same like, year both 2013 as well yes Wow. both of them together in the same year but um but yeah like he i mean like he's done it in his other films he's done it in in arrival um he's done it in sicario he's done it in blade runner 2049 yeah, where yeah, he yeah. is of course he, i think he trusts the screenwriters because he's not the writer on any of them obviously he had like some input some feedback but he seems very willing to just trust the visual language of a film. Yep. So, uh, but, but that ending though, 
but yeah. I, <laughs> I, I, th I think I'm well versed enough in the David Lynchian and the the. Um, have you ever seen Have you seen the 1970s movie The Brood, the Cronenberg movie? Yeah, yeah. That's got a mad ending as well. Yeah, I know, but, but like, uh, but like, come on, it's yeah. Oh no, but they, it did. When I was sitting there, I didn't. I just kind of went, of course, at the end, as if there was someone sitting next to me that I had to convince that I knew what was going on. I was like, of course, that's what happened. Of course. Because, <laughs> do you know what it is? I think I, it, it almost feels like he knew his career was taking off. And he's like, I need to make something fucking odd now. So when people yeah. go back and watch it later, they're going to be like, what? <laughs> like, I got to wonder how many people after watching, like, they watch Arrivals, and they're like, oh, and this is also the guy who did Sicario, and Sicario's a fucking incredible film. I have yeah, to yeah. watch his earlier stuff. And then they watch Prisoners, which is, a, like, it's a, it's a, it's an emotionally tough film, but yeah. it's a very, it's a very, very good film. Yeah. And, you know, you're like, um, the, like, Hugh Jackman's in it, he's fantastic. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic in it. There's, like, a um, bunch of other heads, like, that you'd recognize. Um, Paul Dano's in it. I'm trying to remember who else. Uh, I think Terrence Howard might have been in it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. But it's but like it's it's just it's very well it's very well shot. It's very well acted. It's incredibly well written. And you're like, yeah, yeah, okay. And oh, he did another film with Jake Gyllenhaal. Enemy. Let's watch that. And they're like, yeah. What? <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Like, I, I it's. I, this all came from us doing the A24 episode. Yeah. Uh, it is it is of that oeuvre, so you yes. can yes, it is. that what you will. Uh, the other one, Broadchurch, uh, watching it again, speaking of the colour theory of that one, they do a really nice thing where it's hot and cold colours, yeah. but not exactly what you expect. Everything outdoors is cold, everything is blue, yes. and everything indoors is warm, but even in really dodgy scenes where people are just grief and sadness and like conflict and everything if as long as it's in a home it's still nice warm colors everything I, out there is cold everything's warm i have a feeling that's to do that's for the audience i have a feeling that's because they know that the audience is watching something that's very it's a very difficult subject matter it's a very difficult yes. show there's no real moments of levity there's no happy ending there's, there's no you yeah, know yeah. what i mean like it's a, it is a crime thriller and it is you know and it fulfills that role incredibly well and people are going to be sitting in their homes watching it so when they see yeah. the interior they have to they want to identify that with where the person is sitting and you're going to be sitting there and you're going to be at home and you're going to be comfortable when you're watching this and they want to draw yeah. them in more while yeah. at the same it time works. you make that you you take that comfort and it's like we're yeah you have yourself in a comfortable position but we're going to actually use that to our advantage and draw you in yeah. to associate you with and it. And I, I thought it was just indoors outdoors. I thought it was like that. Like this is in the first episode, but like somebody dies out in the cold light, like in the night. It's cold. They did. It was such a horrible thing, and we were all tucked away inside. But it's not because the detective's hotel room is not warm because that's not his home. The place where they work, the the cop shop, the newspaper, just very the, blues um, and greys. Yeah, everything's cold. That's not where they live. It's it is about home, and they do like they do shots of like a shack up on a hill being lit up completely because that's you know that's a dwelling. A the boat that's on fire at one point just being completely lit up. They're just the, these hot spots that keep flaring up, um, and it's very satisfying them continuing that all the way through. Of like, there are these cold dispassionate areas and there's these little warm islands and then that th that imagery is 
uh, eventually like it's it is satisfied at the end i won't go into it but it's a very nice way of doing it and it's the opposite of enemy where it's not about the subconscious it's about what's in front of you it's about the yes. environment and you are told as a viewer look at these people and see who's acting strange like the the detective who's not from the town says it to the detective who's from the town you know these people someone's acting strange and then you as the viewer are staring at everyone from then on yeah and as as we said when we were talking about that particular episode uh, the particular series the writer himself didn't tell people who the killer was until they had to shoot it and even then yeah. there was 23 people in the entire cast and crew who knew and they were the people involved in filming the scenes associated with it because they didn't want people acting out of uh, acting differently or acting yeah. strangely it's like if nobody knows then everybody's going to be acting slightly nervous slightly odd slightly reserved which is exactly yeah. how it should be so. it's i was saying that to Janine that like this is this was my experience of watching twin peaks this is about a town and it's it's like everything yeah the murder is incidental in twin peaks to be fair but the murder is incidental it is but they just never were going to answer answer it and it's that feeling from like lost of people be like answer the questions you've posed so many <laughs> questions start answering questions now you pricks um anyway shall we move on to the, the we, we alleged topic of this episode we shall go for uh, it insane weaponry is the topic of this particular episode uh you've probably clicked on it it'll be in the title of this episode you'll be wondering if you've clicked the right one 25 minutes in fine <laughs> anyone who's used yeah. to us knows how we ramble you gotta uh, catch up but, uh, you gotta shoot the chef we've got the bfg style weapons we've got those big giant swords that show up and just i want to look at the actual weapons themselves and kind of marvel at them for a minute sure and then see what they say about the character because each of these weapons is an extension of a character none of them none of them exist in uh in isolation because then it's kind of more of a macguffin if you're trying to get the thing that's one thing but it's if i like the idea of these weapons as an extension of the person uh and i think this is one where it's really interesting you can see where things have bled from anime into video games and then video games into movies and then like you can see exactly you could trace the lines of some of these weapons um, but if I if I say insane weaponry to you, what is the first thing that jumps to mind? Is it the Buster Sword? No. Or the BFG? No. What's the first one for you? No, it's it's um, that like the straight up the first kind of like the thing that when you said it to me was the gun blade from Final Fantasy VIII. Yes. Yeah. So Final Fantasy though. Yeah. Yeah. It's <sighs> it's such a weird one that genuinely I was wondering if I could trace it. Uh, like, what, were they the first instigators of it? Or what was the anime? What was the very first one that started doing that? Because the Buster Sword to me is... So the Buster Sword... Ridiculous. Yeah, but the Buster Sword, like, so two of the three... Uh, two of the six or seven, sorry. Um, but two of the early three characters that you play in Final Fantasy VII, um, Cloud Strife and Barrett, both their weapons are inspired by Berserk. Yes, so Berserk then is where you trace all the way back to. Well, yes, because like the, the the whole idea of big guy with a sword that is far too fucking big for him to swing yeah. originated in Berserk. Yep. Like, it can be dated well. So here's the thing. So Berserk is a Japanese manga uh, done by a guy called Kentaro Meura, uh, who passed away last yep. week. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right, why he's like 50, 54. Uh, I think it was a heart attack. Yeah, myocardial infarction yeah. thing, I think it was what it was. Um, and who, at least half the people listening to this episode, won't know what that is, but will recognize the name from watching various TV shows, films, and whatnot. Anyway. Yeah. Um, and it is, a be- it is set in like a 
semi-lawless medieval feudal yeah medieval yeah so it's europe right it's not it's no no it's yeah, supposed to be europe. yeah and it's about this guy and there's and main character and he's in the japanese version he's called gatsu um or in the english version they just guts. call him guts yeah yeah and kids, kids got guts yeah and the the thing is being called like berserk and then later names that were used a lot for by like associated media and for some of the adaptations or bundles like almost like graphic novel printings were sort of the berserk because of his sword yeah and his sword is described as like this isn't it's not really a sword it's a massive lump of iron the, if i it remember is, it the the, the narrator voice is like, if you could call it a sword, it was too rough hewn. Yes. It was more like a slab of iron. Yeah, it's a slab and of they iron. They say slab of iron, and you look at it and go, it is a slab it of is, iron. It is. It's eight foot long. And like Gats is a big guy. Gats is like, he's like 6'2, six 6'3, six I think is, is what he's, he's meant to be. And he's carrying around this thing that's like eight foot long. And it's the whole thing of the sword dragging along behind him. It is a direct yeah. influence on the likes of Cloud Strife with his Buster Sword. Um, Siegfried Nightmare, the characters from Soul Calibur, um, yep. the Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, these are all taken and from this. It is like he is the originator in, in of Dark Souls, you, In Dark Souls, you can nearly literally get that sword. Like the, yes. the Dark Souls influence is absolutely crazy. Yeah. So it's like it's been a ma like it's something that you would be like Western pop media, pop culture, like would be like somewhat aware of it. You'll have seen it trickle down. You'll, but the original is like huge in Japan. And you'll have seen memes and stuff about it as well. There's a great meme where it's it, the music, whenever it was getting to the end of an episode of Berserk, was insane. It was this kind of flighty, lilting uh, singing voice, but it was still quite harsh. <laughs> like it would be this kind of dreamy, sad song. Yeah. And there's a great one where it's him standing with or sitting with a sword in the stars and the camera starts panning out, but somebody's edited it. So the sword just never stops. So the camera keeps panning out and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. You're like, what the fuck? But it's but, uh, it's this whole thing the, of so the, he is in the storyline and he also is an inspiration for Barrett and Barrett in Final Fantasy VII had a cannon for an arm because Gatsu uh, has a cannon for an arm he has his left yep. arm is mechanical and he can hinge his his hand down at the wrist and fire a cannonball like it's yep. it's not like the Gatling gun that Barrett has it's a <laughs> it's a, a thing yeah here's the thing though right so um. He it's just the, well, and he, and he has a, he's, he's got a brand on his neck and it's like it so it gives him it imbues him with demonic power and that what's that's yeah. what allows him to swing the sword. It is the whole thing is no nobody should be able to move this thing. Yeah, and he is a demon he, hunter. He is he he is the embodiment of brute force as well. Like yeah. the idea is that as a kid he was he fell in with a group of mercenaries and as a very young boy would train with full size swords would train with Zweihanders. And they were too big for him. They were ridiculous. He would, like as a kid trying to wield this thing. Yeah, he'd get one or two solid swings, and then but he'd just keep going. He would like wreck his own body trying to get this. So as he got bigger, his sword he just kept scaling up the swords because yeah. he would he would carry whatever he could lift. And there's a, another character in it who then fights with finesse. Is more of a fencer, and I may also have demon powers. <laughs> um, but there's a bit where they they fight. Yeah. And he just swings the big fucking sword down, smashes it into the ground. And the finesse character jumps up and stands on his sword and puts the blade under his chin. And it's kind of like, what an idiot. That's you. That's how you fight. You just swing once and hope for the best. And Guts just say, eh, you know, this is how you use your mouth in a fight. And he bites your man's sword yeah. so that he can't get it back. 
and then tries to wrestle the giant sword out from under the dude who's standing on it. And the two guys' swords are now trapped. And basically, it's whoever can get theirs free the fir uh, first. Yeah. And like, you're just watching the fear in the eyes of the guy who's the finesse guy who's like, oh my God. Yeah, this guy's a head case. <laughs> it's like blood pouring out of his mouth while he's biting onto your man's sword. He's like, give it back. There's a, there's a watch card. There's, um, and like one of the key fights in Gatsu's history is like, there's a point where he fights a guy who's in this massively heavily armored thing and he has a giant axe. Yeah. And one, of, I think it's like the second swing the Gatsu takes at him. Your man blocks it, but it actually puts a it, it chips the weapon. And then Gatsu has enough strength for basically one more swing, and he aims for the where the chip in the weapon. He knows where the guy's gonna block, and he aims for the yep. chip in the weapon, and he just cuts straight through the weapon and kills the guy. And everybody, <laughs> like the entire battle around him, like hundreds of guys, just stop and go, "Oh my god!" Like because yeah. everyone's like, "How the fuck did he manage that?" And then the guys are like, "Yeah, uh, we quit. Whatever." Like, I'm not, I'm not done. I'm not fighting this gun. So, so that that, that is kind of like the original. But here's something, right? Your man, um, Kentaro Miura, he he had had this idea and he pitched it to a publisher and they're like great go make it here's your deadlines and he draw, writes and draws all of volume one and on friday he goes up to the publisher he drops it off at the publisher and then he goes to meet up with some friends for dinner and then they go to the cinema to see this new film called evil dead and when <laughs> when ash puts up the chainsaw onto his hand your man nearly had a, a nervous breakdown he's like my career is over and it's only started people are gonna <laughs> think this is a ripoff and he just, oh, he was just great. like he didn't know what to do so the whole thing of like the the one the guy with the missing an arm who uses like a like a brutally effective single shot weapon and a, yeah. like a blade but it's a chainsaw for ash williams and yeah. they literally originated at the same time and oh, and they great. are the two kind of like one is the eastern influence and one is the western influence. But it's it, like, yeah, the, his character of Gatsu and the the sword and the cannon and all the rest that filtered down through a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff. And I, that's that is the direct influence on the Buster Sword. It's direct influence on on Bart's cannon. But for me, the Gunblade is the insane weapon thing because Gunblade is from Final Fantasy VIII, and they yeah. are essentially broadswords. But they fight with them one-handed, and they have pistol grips because yeah. the back of the blade, the the place that would be not the edge, the other side, because they're single-edged broadswords. Yeah. The other side is actually like grooved, and a barrel is lined along it, so it's a gun. And in the game, you can like when you're swinging the weapon. If you press like one of the triggers at the right time, you can also fire the gun for extra damage. So you're literally cutting someone, and as the blade is passing through them, you pull the trigger and shoot them. <laughs> and that's an insane yeah. weapon, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that is absolutely insane. There's no the there's all these old um, World War Two era weaponry and like Prohibition era weaponry where it is like this thing has two shots in it and a stabby bit. And there's things like um, underwater knives that when you hit a button, expel a lot of air. They've got a uh, compressed air in them to like, you can't get any good stabbing underwater. You just, no, there's no momentum. But if a shark comes at you and you just need to get rid of him, put the put the tip into him and hit the trigger and he'll blow like a melon sized hole in the fucking shark's head. Yeah. So there's, there's shit like that out there. But the idea of, of swinging a sword that's bigger than you 
and then have the gun part of it. It's, it's, so what, what, I, I, what, played... I, what I think is like somebody was looking at like old weapons or just looking at weapons in general and was like, you just picture the two of them out like this, like, Steve, what? I'm thinking, what? So a, a bayonet, yeah. It's a small blade on a big gun, yeah. What if? <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. They just from there, they just switched them. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I could see that's how they got there. <laughs> like, that's how makes kind of. I've seen tomahawk rifles as well, where it's a long, pretty sturdy rifle with just a simple axe blade at the top. And again, you can use that as a rest. And it's one of the most insane. Like, it just it speaks violence to you once you see yeah. it. Um, what does that say about the character? I, don't, I haven't played through Final Fantasy yet. Ah, he's it some... it's, it's all the Final Fantasy. The main character is a moody prick. Like, yeah. it's, you know, he's named after some form of weather thing. He's He's Squall. But like, yeah. uh, um, for anyone who doesn't know the ridiculousness of Final Fantasy, the main character there's always a character called Sid, but it's spelled uh, C-I-D. There's always a character called Sid in a Final Fantasy game, and the main character is named after some form of meteorological um, uh, phenomenon. So you Phenomena. had Squall, yeah. uh, Cloud, Cloud Titus? Titus. Yeah, like it's it just fucking goes on. It's it's stupid. But anyway, they're great <laughs> games to play. But like, don't listen to the writing. Yeah. It's fucking nonsense. Uh, <laughs> it's. It's a bit of a weird one for him, though, because there's this whole thing of, like, heroes prefer swords with the idea that, like, even in a world where there are guns and stuff, it's the lightsaber bullshit. It's the, you know, from a more civilized age, it's weird that he's got a sword that also doubles as a gun when you need it to. Yeah. It's, well, no, I mean, like, it's, this... to, be, to, be, to be fair, it's kind of like, it's the next stage up from Indiana Jones shooting that guy with the sword. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, I can do either. It depends how, it depends how yeah. I'm feeling. I, I like to have yeah. options. Um, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, like, what, what are the weird weapons for you? Well, what, what, give me, give me some examples. We'll go through them in the usual TV shows. Uh, what's your, what's your TV show thing? What are your weird uh, weapons in TV shows? Your fucking the stuff that you're just like, that's either that's mental or that's just stupid. Like, yeah, I mean, the the weapon that immediately came to mind it kind of went twofold. One was the Saturday morning cartoons, and then the other was uh, there's a scene in Buffy. Where they talk about there's a character and a villain called the judge who's the big bad and no weapon can harm him <laughs> but the last time he was the last time he was taken out was before christ was born yeah. and they didn't have any weapons at the time that were like incendiary or explosive i believe so his last words into... are what's that <laughs> <laughs> so she sneaks they sneak into a military base and take a rocket launcher yeah. it's like just no weapons forged no, can no. harm me and, he, and then like hander pulls <laughs> no up a missile launcher's like What's that? <laughs> <laughs> so that that one shot weapon joke, which is a joke more so than a weapon, it doesn't say anything about the characters. Uh, that was really funny to me. Uh, there was loads and loads of like think about the Ninja Turtles and stuff like that. They've all got their individual weapons. Uh, there was a show called Centurions, and it it uh, it's like Jace the Wheel Warriors or like Transformers or any of those where they were they were selling toys as well. But the weapons that were on all of the characters had to be big and clunky because they, you need to recognize them when you see the toy. So the lads will be running around with these power suits that have like grappling hooks that is bigger than their entire body attached to their back. Or like you could see when he fires his weapon, it's an entire, the bullet is an entire thing, the length of his arm that fires off. Because then when you get the toy, that's what it is. It's, yeah. it's one of those things you click into place and pull the trigger. And I always found that the funniest thing in the world, that these characters were running around 
with these comedically oversized bullshit weapons. I lo- I'll, I'll think, let me see their names. I just want to say, in regards to TV shows and weird weapons, the Sonic Screwdriver is fucking stupid. Yes, that's a, it's a ridiculous thing. They've got the Sonic Screwdriver. It's it's like a game of D&D that's gone on too long and you've given the guys too much bullshit at this point. What's the other piece of card he has that just is whatever he needs it to be? I don't know, it's passed for the like, sex dungeon. He's carrying around a vibrator all the time. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's like <laughs> it's just it's such a lazy like thing. What does he use to yeah. fix it? The Sonic Screwdriver. Great. You know, what's the yeah. Sonic Screwdriver made out of? It may as well be fucking unobtainium. Like it's just <laughs> <sighs> they, since we're since we're doing stupid names, the Centurions. I, and again, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but they, there's like a water dude, uh, a, a sea rescue dude. They're all they all seem to be uh, surely like, yeah. Honestly, nearly. It seems to be that they are all of the um, mask. Uh, what do you call them? The divisions of the like army, oh, navy, okay. coast guard, all that kind of stuff. So we've got the sea operations commander called Max Ray. Then we've got the land operations guy called Jake Rockwell. Uh, daring air operations expert is Ace McLeod. <laughs> no, none, of these, none of these names are stupid in the Saturday morning cartoon sense when you think of him. No, they're not. The explosives guy is Rex Charger. The infiltration guy is John Thunder. That doesn't make any sense. I guess he was a Native American character and they just were like... Of course like, he was. Eh. I move silent through shadow. It's like, fucking, <laughs> yes, you know. I am I like the wind. Yeah. You're like, sure, man. I call upon the power of the wolf to do this. It's like, it's such a stereotype. Fucking hate it. Yeah. But, um, I, yeah, go from, on. The, from, the, from the cartoon ones and then this bleeds into t- uh, games a little bit, they always were firing buzzsaw blades. I don't think I knew that buzzsaw blades were supposed to be stationary <laughs> until <laughs> I was like 15. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something that's I've been in a lot of things. There's, uh, they call it like it depends. I think a lot of it depends on how the framing is. When you just see someone yeah. firing a blade, you're like, eh, whatever. The way they're described in Warhammer 40k, there's yeah. the Eldar fire shuriken catapults. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's um, it's a, a it's it, it's these like um, they're essentially firing like ninja stars or like buzz, uh, uh, saw blades, but they're yeah. like described as like a monomolecular edge so they can cut through anything in theory in scientific theory if something is monomolecular and an edge is monomolecular it can cut through anything because it yeah. literally go between the gaps in, in molecules so it can cut through anything so it's like a fire these monomolecular fucking stars it's like our shards of the it's like you're firing like you know sci-fi ninja stars like that, that's essentially yeah. what you're doing but you called it a shuriken catapult to 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 bluff me off and for years i just went yeah. all right cool shuriken catapult whatever i didn't even think of it i didn't even like make the association like but i mean like <laughs> I, but the thing actually, is when you and i have them on this list all the games workshop weapons the original yes. ones are i was nuts. hoping you would talk about this nothing is just a gun it's a bolt gun or it's a something thrower well, no, or so something you've, you've gun, or... right? now last gun is what the basic human infantry use they're commonly nicknamed flashlights because they don't fucking do anything. They're like weak as hell. <laughs> um, but then you have the bolter. And the bolter is, it looks like just a big blocky gun. And, but the thing is, it's not firing bullets. My, my, my favorite thing is when cosplayers make those things, bolters, and then they hold them up and go, I did it to specification, and it's as bigger than their torso. But it's meant to be because they're not meant to be wielded by humans. They're meant, to, meant yeah. to be wielded. Bolt pistols are the only thing a human can really use. A bolter is, has to be used by a space marine who is an eight-foot-tall, genetically engineered super soldier. 
like 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 this is a lot of things that people don't realize when they see space marine they just think oh they're bigger like they're growing bigger it's like yeah they have concrete instead of bones there's this like weird blood porous <laughs> concrete so it's like their bro their bones are harder to break they don't have a rib cage they have a perfectly like shielded thing and it's even described in the artwork that like their torsos are unerringly smooth because it, there's no bone definition because of the whole thing of like no their entire like chest cavity is protected and they have uh two hearts and three lungs um because there's redundancy upon redundancy this is yep, the whole point the like, but the the bolter is it's a rocket launcher every time you fire it you're firing a rocket and it's a mass reactive rocket okay so it's described as being a uh, 30 millimeters so it's basically three centimeters across so it's like an inch and a bit and yep. when you fire it, it, it like it accelerates it hits you and then it detonates it's not just that it hits you it hits you and explodes it is a full-on rocket launcher so like they just call it a bolter and you're like cool and yeah. it's described as being like it is a massively simplistic weapon because it's like they basically take the, the AK approach, the AK-47. Like, the AK-47 was renowned for being... You could, like, throw that thing, thing through quicksand and it'd still fire. It, like, yeah, nothing yeah. can stop it. There's like, still, nothing can jam it. The, the 47 and the AK-74, that's the year they were made. They're still around. So, like, the bolter is, is, is a similar idea. It will operate in any environment. It doesn't matter. It, yeah. It's... And... It's the spray and parade. Yeah, and it's it's a... It's, a, it's like... There's the whole description of basically if a bolter strikes a person in the sternum, then they everything from the ribcage up just disappears. Like that's the, the force of the detonation. Um, but that's not the ridiculous thing in, in the uh, in Warhammer. There's a lot of like weird ones. There's ones with plasma uh, plasma cannons and stuff, and a plasma cannon is literally firing a ball of superheated plasma. Um, and it, it, the, the best way I can describe it is if, and this will, this may like, will immediately put the mental image in for a lot of people of a certain age. It is the alternate fire on the shock rifle in Unreal Tournament. Yes. That's the plasma gun. The slow moving, but it's, it's slow fast, moving ball. but it's the big ball. And if it hits you, you're fucked. Um, and if you can shoot it with the primary fire, it gets this massive detonation, which is great. Yes. Um, there's, but the, the, the big thing, the stupid thing, or the, not the stupid, but the, the mental thing is um, the the melee weapons, specifically the chain sword, the chain axe, and the chain fist. Okay, so I'm unfamiliar with the chain fist, but it's evocative. So there you go. So in the in the in the context of the universe and in the rules of the game, the chain sword is your hand to hand melee weapon, and the whole idea is that it is a chainsaw on a sword hilt. And like when you're painting them, you can see little exhausts on the side of the handles, and there's like a handle that they like squeeze to rev it. And the whole yeah. thing is that it's designed for tearing through armor. It actually has a practical application because a lot of armor in the future is like it's made of layers. It's layers of different composite materials to reinforce it. So you need something that can grip into a layer and just pull the layer away. Yep. And that's what the idea of a chainsaw is. And then you have a chain axe, which is the same kind of deal, but it's just got that little bit of extra mobility. Like an axe is, there's a whole thing where like axe fighting is actually more difficult than sword fighting because you've less time where you can have the killing edge of the blade facing your opponent or in, moving towards your opponent, all this sort of thing. 
But then there's this thing, and there's also what are called power weapons in, in Warhammer. And power weapons are like, there's a power sword, there's a power axe, there's a power stave, there's a power a maul, and then there's a power fist. And what they are is, they are like the more kind of classic medieval versions, but they have an energy field around them. And the energy field is trying to essentially melt the armor. So in how that's and power weapons are more powerful. So in the game, I hit you with a chainsword, you'll probably you'll still be able to make your save 50-50 whether you get it or not. If I hit you with a with a power uh, with a power sword, you probably don't get an armor save because it's melting yep. through your armor. Um, but they're more expensive to take, and it's kind of seen as a it's like for commanders and for sergeants, and it's a badge of office right, right, almost. Right. It'd be like the way, like in in in, in, in it's, it's kind of taken on like all like armies, gonna... where like the like World War One and stuff like that. The squad commander would have a saber. It's that type yeah, of yeah, idea. Yeah, exactly. I lo- you really I really thought you were going to say it's gauche if no, someone, no, too no, no, no. Too, someone too low below their station had one of these no, things. No, it's like, like oh, it's just God. considered that like they have so few of them. It's like you have to earn them. You have to earn the right. You yeah. have to prove that you're good enough to use one of these. And then yeah. the so like so the whole idea of like a power fist is one of the hardest sitting weapons in the game. And because you're basically, there's no, you're not trying to like, I'm going to cutting, cut through the armor at right angle. I'm just going, I'm going to hit you really hard. And there's a field around it that makes me hit harder and fucks your armor up. And it's like, you can, like a a person with a power fist can peel open a tank. The whole idea of a chain fist is it's one of them with a chainsaw attached. (laughs) So I'm going to, I'm going to punch into the armor. And my fist is yeah. going to go through a lot of it with the power field. And then I'm going to turn the chainsaw on and just carve out a big lump of it. <laughs> it's like, it is overkill I, to the extreme. Yeah. I was just going to say like, the, it's the, it's the scales of these things. There's something like, first of all, the people using them are bigger. Yes. And then there's this on top of yeah, it. And they're fighting like, uh, they're fly, they're fighting. So like part of the whole thing of the, the, the biggest use of the chainsaw is, um, Less so in recent years, just because of how the lore and stuff has been progressing. But initially, it was called, it was kind of like this is the thing that you have to use against orcs, because the whole idea of orcs in 40k is that like you can blow an arm off and they don't even notice. Yeah. So it's like you have to do like it even there's even in one of the books where they're talking. Um, there's a group, one of the groups of space marines. When they're talking, they talk about theoreticals and practicals. So okay, yeah. theory is basically me posing a situation, and then you have to give me your your theory on how to deal with it. And then practical is when you're in the field. It's like, okay, practical, this is what we're doing. It's how you yeah. like discuss stuff. And then it's a very kind of like clarified method to make sure there's no confusion. And it's like theoretical green skin, what do you do? And one of the guys is like, bolter? And he's like, where are you aiming for? And he's like, head? And he's, uh, no, he's like, body shot. And it's like, mm. and one of your guys is like, body shot's not good enough. You can, t- I've, I've taken a rib cage off one of them. He didn't notice and kept coming. And then they're like, uh, and he's like, and one of them is like, you need a massive bodily trauma to stop one of these things or take a headshot. And they're like, so chainsword. And they're like, chainsword. Like, it's this whole thing of that's how they, you know, that's the intention for it. It's for taking down things that are bigger than yeah. even the biggest humans. It's so. Yeah, it's that. that's a really cool thing as well as seeing the intention of the weapon. It's like, oh, no, we had to make it's not that we're, these weapons even like they do look cool. It's the ruler cool. But the idea is like, oh no, we have a problem we need to solve with this, and this is it exactly. Or just where the the history of the weapon. There's that whole thing. The alternate is like, this is from a race of giants, or this is like in Zelda. This is the Goron sword. To them, it's a butter knife. Yeah. But to me, it's the biggest sword I could possibly yeah. get. Yeah. 
the idea like there's, you there's, can see there's also a two-hander par- uh chain sword affectionate affectionately known as an, ev- as an eviscerator <laughs> nice. like, yeah, that's pretty good um and, <laughs> and actually yeah that gets yeah the, the, that one has echoes in there's a lot of this stuff again like warhammer and warhammer 40k have been around for three decades plus a lot of this is yep. permeated down into culture the the lancer with the chainsaw attachment in gears of war is just an ode yeah, yeah, to a course. boulder but they split yeah. it so the hammer burst shoots the way a boulder is meant to shoot single boom 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 like that that kind of real staccato punchy sound but then the chainsword bayonet but it's just a, it's, it's 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 attached onto it like and it's like yeah. And then even look look at the way the characters look in Gears of War. They're built like fucking space marines. But it's it's yeah. all it's an all an ode to that. Like it's obviously it's clearly a homage. It's not them trying to rip it off. It's like this yeah. is this is a fantastically beautifully iconic thing. Let's take that and you know change it. The other yeah. one though, like and my film one, and this has a lot to do like a lot of overlap I think with the with other stuff I've mentioned because it's all like uh, there's a certain I think there's certain imagery that when you go towards it, people just go like that's nuts. And yeah, one yeah. of the things is people will take a sword seriously, but people will not take an axe seriously. And I don't know why that is. I think it's because we associate swords with knights. Yeah. And whereas an axe is like a tool, but that's the whole, that was the whole thing of the, like with why Vikings used axes as their main yeah. weapons, because you can also like, it's a tool. You can you, smash open doors. You, and can, you can cut firewood. You can, yeah, yeah. you can, what you call it? You can like, if you need to cut rope, when you're on the fucking boat, you're not taking out a yep. sword. It's like, yeah, take my axe, cut it slightly, put it back. Like it's a, it's a yep. combination of utilitarian and 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 uh, combat practical. Like it, it is mad. If you wanted to give someone an axe, it would eventually be a mace or a hammer. It's like, no, 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 no. Let's let's make it something insane, something with no utility, like a big mace. Like, yeah, what are you gonna do with that other than yeah? Fight? So so. The, the thing that reminds, like, and like I'm saying, like a lot of the stuff kind of overlaps. Chainsaws are one of them. Chainsaws, the chain, yeah. the idea of a chainsaw. Evil Dead, Warhammer 40k, um, the uh, Gears of War, and the one that kind of sticks out to me in films is Mandy. Oh, I haven't seen Mandy. Okay, that, so someone gave it to. Me. He has. He works as a logger, and there's a point in the film where he will get his chainsaw, and there's a point in the right. film where he has a chainsaw fight. But Good. his chainsaw is twice the size of your guy's chainsaw, and it's literally the difference between a one-handed and a two-handed chainsaw, right? <laughs> and there's also a point in it where he makes a ridiculous axe, nicknamed the Reaper. Beautiful. I don't think they've ever said the name in the film, from what I remember, but it was like in the production notes, it was like, he lifts the Reaper. And it's it just yeah. looks bonkers. Now, granted, it's fucking chrome, nearly. Like, they wanted it, because it's all right, about the right. visual. That film is just so visually rich. Yeah, yeah. But... Again, it's because it's an axe. If he'd lifted a sword, people would be like, "Oh yeah, of course, a sword." Whereas yeah. when people, when he lifts an axe, people are like, "Okay then," like this guy's up to something. I think it's this weird thing where people just associate it. With. And I've, I'll just very quickly just stick off the other ones. We can jump to yours, but like, I had here like boulder slash chainsaw, chain axe, chain fist, uh, Gatsu from Berserk, the Gears yeah. Lancer, the Gunblade from Final Fantasy VIII, and then like, but everything is like lines pointing to. The film Mandy, because it's so many like all this stuff is just almost right, feeding right. into the one. It all comes back down to it. the the idea of a personalized weapon. It's not one that was passed down to you or something like that. I really love. Uh, 
and it's like it's something about yeah like like the the scythe from bloodborne i don't know if that is actually something he's personalized but you look at him and the character and go yes 100 percent. you two are married that's how this works or have you ever seen kill a kill yes which is the anime about um sentient sentient, and clothing? sentient clothing um, and yes uh, and and the giant <laughs> magical scissors so the scissors that she fights with is of course a tailor's tool. Yeah, scissors. it's literally half. Exactly if people are trying to picture this. It's a four foot long pair of. Uh, it's a four foot long red scissors, but it's only one half of the scissor. It's only one scissor. Yes. it's only one half. It's not a pair of scissors. It's one half of it, and she uses it like and a sword. When she grips it, it becomes a like it's so obviously a sword. You're like, of course, if you if you were tiny, if I was making a movie tomorrow about people being shrunk, just take the 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 hinge out of a scissors and you got two swords yeah. i would have somebody dual wielding yeah. scissor there's actually there's, um, there's just two random sci-fi ones i wanted to mention just to finish them on this i thought it was very interesting and it wasn't explored enough in firefly how the core world uh police forces used non-lethal force weaponry as in it hits you mm, and it just right. stuns you and knocks you down yeah it's like concussive or yeah, something. It it's just like like he, there's the point where like Jane tries to blow a lock with it and it just bounces. It does nothing because it hit, just hits a solid surface. Yeah. And then the other one is in the opening of the Battlestar Galactica film that was before the TV series. That was when I first saw it. The Cylons walk into the room. There's basically the version of the negotiation room that they have in Korea. Or, yes, yeah, yeah. And the guy's there and the two Cylons walk in and they have their cannons on their arms. And then yep. their arm just kind of like moves and like all the fingers flick out and wrap around the cannon into a hand. And I was yep. like, that's a great little detail. Not just, it's not like, yeah, visually it looks cool, but it's this whole thing of like, it's practical. And yep. like when you are a robot and you like humans are built the way they are because muscle needs a certain density to move and you need to have areas yep. for bone and for blood vessels and for everything else. When you don't need that space, you would fill it with other stuff. Yeah, it's RoboCop's gun. It's yeah, fits into his leg. It, yeah. Everything like it's it, but it was that, and it was like okay, but what if like Actually, you know, it's the the whole the, the the way it's just like they're both standing there and they've the guns there, and then it goes close up, and then they just kind yeah. of like it's almost like they're doing like a magician's flourish with their the hand moves slightly, and then yeah, the whole yeah. thing just reforms into a hand. And I'm like, that's brilliant. Like it's it's a it's insane to me because I'm like okay, but it's but it's this whole yeah. it makes sense. You you would have all this free space. Why wouldn't you fill it with other stuff? Just it's the exactly. and obviously it's the machine approach of efficiency. It's yeah. kind of how you convey machine intellect, brutal efficiency, and you know, like aesthetic isn't really a thing. It's all about does it work? So I'll do for movies. I'll do two, uh, one completely bonkers sci-fi, and then one real world, and then I'll do one one shot fit like needed for the job it was needed for and then one multi-tool that was like absolutely beautiful so for for the absolutely insane bonkers one was the noisy cricket from men in black oh that's great where they invert the trope where they have you know they do the wall of guns and everything is chrome and beautiful and he's like reaching for the big they all look like super soakers as well because it's it's kind of a kids movie everything is rounded and bulbous and you get this feeling that like these are the kind of things that if they were toys kids would love them and then they get the tiny little noisy cricket, and it looks like a, it looks like an air injector thing. No, it's like, like a, a derringer, a tattoo gun. 
yeah, it's this tiny yeah. little thing. And when he finally uses it, it fucking floors him and blows away half the traffic on yeah, the street. Yeah, it knocks him like 10 feet back, in, like through the windscreen of a car and stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and, like, he gets up and he's running after him and he keeps firing. Every time he fires, he gets like thrown into a free stand <laughs> or like. Yeah. Like wire work. Yeah. Out. And then the exact opposite of that is Rambo 4, whatever one of us just called Rambo, where he. This is where they want to go realistic, quote unquote, with it. And he takes a mounted gun off a truck and starts walking with it. Yeah. And you, you like, they, like the the muscles bulging and everything. I was like, it's the, it's such the inverse of like, hey, we can do a silly thing with a small gun because it's fun. And the opposite is no, give him the biggest gun we can possibly give him. It's Rambo. Rambo gets the biggest gun. Yeah, like people are like the. I saw someone mention like when that happened, they were like, oh yeah, it's like a reference to like all painless from predator and i'm like no no not at all and they're like what i'm like in 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 that it's to show off how fucking badass rambo is yes. and he like destroys them the whole point he's, yeah, he's cutting he's cut, cutting point, down trees cutting down yeah, people but the whole point in predator is like they literally like f- level a hundred by hundred foot area of jungle they take everything yeah. down and they barely scratch the fucking thing it's the whole point of Predator is like there. It's a horror film, and these guys are the most highly trained, highly armed men in the world, and they don't stand a chance. It's it's not to yeah. make them badasses. It's to like it's but well, it kind of is, but it's en route to being like and look how fucking helpless they are. Like that's what that is. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like and like they've already established the badass thing. It's like I ain't got time to bleed. Like you, there's no. Yeah. It's it's it'd be overkill if it was that. The whole point is it's to make them look helpless and you know yeah so. oh they they give it all they got in that moment and it's like okay after this now we need to actually start thinking about what we do yeah uh the other two then that i wanted to contrast was the grizzle gun from existence my dog is... brought me this yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> entirely fit for purpose it's a one-shot gun that you see shot. being There's assembled multiple shots each of the each is of it? the well, teeth anyway. is a gun it is a bullet sorry oh you're right he puts a jaw bone into the bottom and every tooth that's in it is now a one bullet. Of them, one anyway, of them, one of them has a <laughs> uh, You see it being assembled. You see it coming together. And it is uh, it is real interesting. Is that we need to smuggle a gun into a place while they will serve us food. And while we eat it, the components of the gun will appear as the bone and cartilage yeah. in front of us and starts being assembled. And it's just, it's the gun he needs at this time. It's Cronenberg. It's, it's, it's Cronenberg a... spinning his wheel of weird that he uses to like come up yeah. with his like mental ideas. But I mean, it served him well. It's just, it's, yeah. um, I, I think it's quite good because it's, the weird thing is, is that gun does not feel insane in that context because we know the character is dreaming. Yes. And it's the whole thing of yeah, the, yeah. The, like, it's the context of when we know we're like, you know, you're you're a layer deep, and and, and by the time you get to the end, you're like we're several layers deep. We might we yeah, might yeah. still be dreaming. The the final scene <laughs> of that film still fucks me up, but I'm like, yeah, the oh yeah, and like it's proper dream logic. Like he starts eating, he's like, what are you doing? He goes, I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, of course, it's yeah. dream logic. You don't know what you're yeah. doing. You you are taking actions now because of a compulsion, because that's that's what drives an. Yeah, the whole thing of like uh, this is how your brain rationalizes the things of the 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 thoughts and so, uh, the sights and sounds and information of the day is by dream it's your brain yeah. rationalizing and sorting everything so it's all a bit weird and it's like yeah all right cool and then the 
the opposite of that gun is the the gun like it's a tool like what it's like in an army movie where you're told to give a gun a name but it's the judge uh judge dreads weapon i don't know what it's called uh lawgiver the lawgiver that's it and his gun is um, sorry his bike and, is called the lawmaster but uh yeah i just i love that i love the idea that it is the last weapon you'll ever need it is everything he needs in any given situation uh and he he basically gives it or gives it orders and it does what he needs him Negotiation's to do. Negotiations over, hot shot. What you say? Hot <laughs> shot. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's a, like, and I love the bit that bit in the whole thing where he's like, uh, he's like, hot shot. Uh, no ammunition, high explosive. No ammunition, twin shot. No ammunition. And the other guy is like, oh yeah, I'd be pissed myself if you didn't just run out of ammo. Like it's just it's a, like even because the other judge knows what it does, whereas nobody else seems yeah. to get it. Like when he says these things, the guys are like, huh? and then like something weird happens. Yeah. There's also like he also commits a war crime with that gun. In the universe? In, in that film? In the in the What's dread he film. <laughs> he uses white phosphorus on people. Oh yeah, that's right. Jesus what? Yeah. I thought you meant he shoots a what? hostage. I was like, he's allowed to, he's a judge. <laughs> no, no, he uses white phosphorus. phosphorus. Oh yeah, God. a bit of wily peef. Get you going in the morning. Like. Oh. Um, but that, that, yeah, like Ronald Gleason shows up in a rare non-sex robot role. He's robotic eyes, though. He's only is is it only three things? It's it's that one episode of Black Mirror, then Deus, and then Ex Machina. He is the non-sex robot. He's evaluating the sex nights. robot. <laughs> well, if anyone would know, I mean, let's bring in the expert. <laughs> Takes one to know one, Donald Gleason, sex bot. <laughs> uh, for video games, then I know, we've kind of bounced around it a little bit but is there anything that jumps out there's loads of mad ones as... like one of the ones that occurs to me yeah. is from the original um mdk games so for people who oh, don't yeah. remember the, his face his is face no it's 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 the front half of his helmet is the gun so he's a guy called i can't remember his second name he's called clint is it clint no yeah. it might be kurt it's it's clint or kurt it's one of, Mur- it's one of them. murder death clint i think yeah is his name. so murder death kill is the name of the game and it looked really serious in like the adverts coming up to its release then it came out and it's like oh this game's a piss take oh okay it's yeah. like serious sam or one of them it's like a complete joke of like a, of a thing but he has his gun and it's like a sidearm but when he wants to use it as a sniper rifle he attaches it to the front of his helmet it clips on. It's basically the front third of his helmet clips off and becomes his gun. And I was just like, that's a, it's a very odd thing because also like, apparently the guy's meant to be human, but he's wearing this weird like stealth suit. And the look of it was one of the big things it was marketed on because it was very like yeah. mid nineties badass. Look at this guy. Like, um, yeah, they, they took a left turn with everything. Like he parachutes, but it looks like ribbons. Yes. His sniper rifle attached to his face. I'd be remiss if we didn't once again mention that the rocket launcher sound in that game was achieved by them putting a condom over a microphone and flushing it down a toilet just to see, just to get whatever noise they could get. Look, man, when you're doing Foley work, you you, you do what you can, right? (laughs) Um, There was the, any other weird guns? On on the kind of exist ends buzz, I like the Fallout aesthetic and the idea that you can see what everything is made from is really cool for me the idea that like the rocket hammer the rocket sledge yeah. you can see you see every part of it even the really cool looking guns you can see where like little butane canisters anything they could basically cobble together gets bolted on to to make the cool weapon and then there's a few atomic age or alien weapons that are completely out of character 
but everything else is just there, like a, a buzzsaw slinger or so something. So there's a, there's a gun in Destiny called the Xenophage. And it's a described as a machine gun. It falls in the machine gun category, but it's not a machine gun. It's a flat cannon. So for anyone who doesn't know what a flat cannon is, nice. a flat cannon is a very high bore, large range shotgun <laughs> for all intents and yep. purposes. <laughs> um, but when you're, well, no, it's like a single round that explodes into like shrapnel. Um, rather yeah. than trying to penetrate, it's just trying to do shrapnel damage. And the description for... It's like grip, sh- grip shot in a cannon. Kind of. I need to find the exact description of it. The description of the Xenophage. Uh, uh, description. Um, so it's a, it was an exotic machine gun, which basically means it's one of the named ones and all the rest. Um, but when you're looking at it, it's like... It, it, it's a... Uh, the storyline is about this guy called Omar Aga, who was a um, he was a hunter in Destiny, and he died. And they were trying to fight the hive, and his soul was reborn into a really small bug. And hmm. you only notice it if you if you like pay very close attention when you're reloading the gun because it, it was described when it was coming up as like and there's like some of the stuff in, in between like the little bits of lore where it's like oh it's got a very um it's got a unique firing system or it's a unique power core when you're reloading it like the thing pulls in if you look down at it you pulls open the top and there's a crystal and the bug is in the crystal and then they did like a a, a skin for it around christmas when you open it, the bug is wearing a Santa hat. <laughs> but it's like it's one of these uh, things. That like I, I know people who have had that weapon half a year and they've never noticed that the bug is inside it, because you have to be paying attention. Because like you're running, you're loading, you're watching what's going on, because you're in a fight. Yeah, yeah. You're not looking at the like the very bottom right hand corner of your screen, and it's only during part of the reload animation where the gun will move forward and you can see the bug Omar in there. But I just yeah, it's it's essentially it's a it's a it's a bug in a in a crystal is the power source, and I think you're essentially firing his rage at people. Oh, <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, we haven't even touched on sentient weapons. The idea that there's weapons that influence the user or are alive in some way. Uh, the soul reaver? No, not soul reaver. Blood. What's the one with the big sword with the eye on it? Soul caliber. Is that blood? Soul yeah. caliber. Thank you. It's the it's the um, yeah. Um, and there's been. There was a mad game. This is going to sound like a fever dream. There was a mad game, possibly by Pseudo51, about a Mexican guy who's got a gun that's alive called the Boner that gets longer if he gets excited. Hmm, that can't be real. Let's switch over to Borderlands then. They've got they've got guns that insult you and that. That's pretty funny. I, I don't find anything funny about Borderlands. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, it's, I really I don't like those games. It's so, gr- it's just it's so, so bad. Grating. One of the things that was, you're uh, talking about sentient weapons right. is the lazy gun. It's from the novel uh, Against a Dark Background by Ian M. Banks. Right. And it's a gun that you don't know how it will destroy something. So there was like, there was oh, like nice. eight of them made or something like that. And then like over the, and like it explains how the majority of them, I think it might have been six, the majority of them were like destroyed over time. One of them self destructed because it didn't want to be examined. Um, and nice. if you try and like do anything, to it it will basically like it fucks you up and the whole point that like it's all it's described specifically to mess with you um where is it uh yeah there's been eight lazy guns it's a little over half a meter in length about 30 centimeters in width and 20 centimeters in height 
The front is two stubby cylinders which protrude from a smooth matte silver main body. Um, the cylinders extend in slightly bulged black, uh, lens, uh, black glass lenses. A couple of hand controls sitting on stocks, an eyesight curving up to another extension on a broad adjustable metal strap. There are two controls, one on each hand grip, a zoom wheel and a trigger. You look through the sight, zoomed in until the target you selected filled your vision, just about filled your vision, and then pulled the trigger, and the lazy gun did the rest. Okay? <laughs> but you have no what? idea what it's going to do. So if you aim at a person, a spear may suddenly materialize or pierce them through the chest, or um, a pair of snake fangs would appear and, and like bite them in the neck. Uh, a ship's anchor might fall on them. It's basically a Looney Tunes gun. Um, I was about to say I'd rather uh, it sounds like the gun from Who Framed Roger yeah. Rabbit I want that to be the, like, you fire it and the bullet decides there's what's up the, there where is it um, the bigger the scale the the less variety happened with it um, the some of the early lazy guns had sense of humour uh, criminals saved from firing squads so they could be the subject of experiments had died under a hail of bullets, all hitting their heart at the same time. Uh, an obsolete submarine had been uh, straddled by depth charges. A mad king obsessed with medals had been smothered under a deluge of mercury. Um, and probably my favorite thing about it is, is that when you turn the lazy gun upside down, it weighs three times more. <laughs> it's, 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 sure. it's completely random, and it's just this backdrop to this, um, to this book against a dark background. Um, it's very good. And I just love that yeah. idea. And like they, they literally do have like one passage describing the lazy gun, and that's it. Other than that, they they reference yeah. everybody knows what one is. Like everybody yeah, who's yeah. everybody has heard of it. But it's the yeah. I I was just thinking about like that. That's so completely random that I love it. But I was just thinking about the the kind of tropes then that go with it. I was like, what are the other guns in video games? I was like, oh yeah, flamethrowers. It's like, how do you kill an enemy that has a flamethrower? Shoot flamethrower, I think. You shoot yeah. the tank. And it's such a mad thing. I was like, I actually have no... It's another one like Buzzsaws. It's like, I have no idea if that's true. I have no idea if there are tanks in a flamethrower. I have no idea if it's pressurized. I know nothing about flamethrowers. But I know that if I see one on an enemy, I shoot the tank. Yeah. Uh, that's how you do it's it. It's usually because the tank is red yeah. as well, just to really make it easy. <laughs> uh, I guess the last one for me was one that, again, I played a game for ages and never realized how ridiculous it was. It was Dead Space. And one of the well, they're all construction weapons, weapons is like a, except for one, they're all yes, construction so, weapons. But, but the idea is that one of them is a cutter, and you're you're firing with it. And someone's like, imagine there was no zombies or necrophages or whatever they're called. Necromorphs. He's like, imagine you just had that. You're trying to do your job. It's like it's a it's a cutting weapon that fires short blasts that go a range. What could that possibly be used for? You need surely a cutting blade or something. The damage you would do, yeah. the unintentional shite you would make. But, of the, whatever the, you were trying but to like cut. that's even that's even um, telegraphed in the the game. Like in the first game, when you're on the the ISS Shimura, when you're moving around it, like there's a point where you go to like you see adverts for the for a limb attachment, a limb reattachment surgery. <laughs> like, like this is all just part of it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah of course, but yeah, we'll put your arm back on. No matter. They grow yeah. limbs in vats. That's even one of the things that they talk about, because industrial accidents are so prevalent. Like, and that's what makes sense when you see the. That's well, that's not why it makes sense when you see that their, um, their health is on their spine. Oh yeah, that's actually quite so, good. It's like, yeah, this guy's been fucked up. Ah, we'll put him back together. Yeah, and I, like that's just kind of. 
I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> They're like, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 one hundred percent all intentional. The um, weird. Sorry, um, but yeah, there, there's like specifically in Dead Space, like everything is meant to be a um, a construction implement first, or an engineering yeah. tool, with one exception, which is used by ship security. Which is the pulse rifle, but the yeah. but even then it's like, yeah, everything is meant to be tied to the whole thing of like, but these materials are dangerous because they're used for mining, and it's not like re mining in the conventional sense. It's what's called planet cracking. They literally yeah. like bore down deep enough into a planet, and then depth charge it to crack the planet open, and to feast oh, on sorry. the succulent meats inside or whatever. Like it's you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um you got to, those bastards are hiding something in there, and I bet it's tasty. And um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's, it's... Uh, yeah, I think that's it for me. We haven't touched upon uh, we kind of stuck with weapons. We haven't touched upon portal guns or gravity guns or anything like that. I'm sure we could do a follow up the, the for thing about those... weird tools and stuff. Yeah, because stuff. those things aren't necessarily like they obviously can be used as weaponry, but they're yeah. it's again. I think they'd almost fall into the whole dead space thing. Is they're not meant to be weapons. Yeah, you know, I could kill someone with a rolled-up phone book, but like, <laughs> any, anything's know. a weapon if you're really like persistent. So, how committed are you to this? Anything's a weapon if you're brave enough. No, that's not no. the same. Anyway, <laughs> um, cool. I think that's all from me. Stay safe out there, people. Take care, guys. Have a good one.